Welcome to the Niches You. My name is Matt Gottesman at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, and this is my daily podcast where I create short, quick hitting episodes to help you uncomplicate life, creativity, and the pursuit of your highest self. There's only main character energy here. Now let's get into it. Welcome to episode 129. Trust your taste and make what you like. There's an audience for every taste. And this comes, uh, some of this comes from a bigger statement that the independent music artist Russ was, uh, had previously said. And I wanted to use his path as an example of uh, giving you guys the same advice because I often feel like part of the reason for confusion of, well, what should I do? And which direction should I go in? And, you know, what if people don't like it this way? But uh, what are the trends? Maybe I should make it that way. Look what this person is doing. The beauty in trusting yourself and having a relationship with yourself and having a relationship with what you want to create into this world is that that is information coming through you. That's why I always say it's co-creating with God. You know, other people have other opinions about that. But, (laughs) you know, you're, you're allowing your soul to work through you and come out into the world, your work into the world. And you're giving it your perspective. You're giving it your taste, right? And you don't, what what happens is you dilute that if you're constantly looking at everybody else's route or everybody else's path. And by the way, it's perfectly normal. It's a normal thing to happen. Just don't make it a habit. And if it is a habit, stop it. (laughs) And, So he was talking, well, in a longer quote, he said, trust your taste. Not everyone is going to appreciate it, but that's okay. Make what you like. There's an audience for every taste. The size of the audience varies, but it's an audience. Nevertheless, there are 8 billion plus people on this planet and a good portion of them are online. And so the reason why the internet has always been a medium for me, uh, especially, you know, to any of my listeners out there that are thinking, well, you know, I'm not really on the internet. I'm not really, you know. The internet is a great medium to go beyond our local region and meet other people that we can impact or serve. And I think that's not think I know that that's been something very near and dear to my heart since the beginning of watching the internet start to figure itself out. And so I think also comparison comes in and people say, well, you know, what if I'm only, you know, impacting like a thousand people or 500 people and that's not the same as, you know, so-and-so online. Yeah, but that's not the point. And you have to, the, the whole reason I always tell you guys to not pay attention to these external numbers is a metric is giving you a hypothetical. I mean, unless, of course, somebody says, no, look, this is the direct correlation between this number and this number, but most people don't do that. (laughs) So when you see people doing something within their path, one, we have to celebrate them. Maybe if they did it right, people are rallying around the thing that they're doing. They, They have generated their audience and you can do the same. But it doesn't matter if your audience is 500 people, 5,000 people, 500,000 people. Are you liking what you're doing and bringing your, your version, your taste of it into the market or into this world? And so I wanted to use some of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I did basically like a mini case study of Russ as an independent artist and success about his whole path was always, I'm not going to do this in accordance with the way the industry works. He noticed right away that the industry has a lot of questionable practices. Let's just say that, right? I'm going to try to keep it as, as respectful as possible. They had a lot of questionable practices. Uh, It was a very 
you know, who you know, it didn't really always have to do with talent. Um, you know, there's a lot of payoffs and other things going on. There's just, it's just a different path, right? That's, and I think that's sometimes what people don't realize about media in general, or just, uh, you know, when you have distribution through media or some kind of means of media, right? So he went and did everything on his own, just so you guys have an, an idea. Here's an independent artist who owns his own masters, like the, the publishing of his songs. He owns his own masters, his own publishing, his own distribution, his own rights to his music. He markets it. He sells it. He does his own touring, his own merchandise, his own everything. Now, for anybody listening going, oh, it's a lot of work. It's his work that he loves. And you would most likely, actually, I would undoubtedly say you would do the same for the work that you love. That's in your realm. If you're lazy, that's a different story. We have to get to, we have to tackle that. Go listen to the other 128 episodes. So, um, but he knew he wanted to do something. And so just to give you kind of an idea, here's a quick rundown of, of about 20 different things I wanted to point out here. As a DIY approach, right? Do-it-yourself approach. He produced, mixed, mastered, engineered, and wrote his songs. It, with his number two, his SoundCloud, SoundCloud releases, he actually gained traction by releasing a song every week on SoundCloud for nearly three years. So his conviction was, I know I'm doing something that I believe in. I'm going to put out a piece of my work every week for three years. Imagine that, like, you know how back in the day we all used to wait until an album drop? Even now people still kind of do an album drop. He was basically dropping albums each month. <laughs> he was dropping a song each week. One new song each week. That's 52 songs a, a year. He dropped over 150 episodes in three years, 150 songs in three years. Think about that. Why is that important from frequency? What do we talk about compounding and consistency? Because it took a few of those songs, they just took off. And then it brought attention to his other work, to his other songs. He uh, then, because of that, there was a song in there, what they want, it went platinum without any kind of backing of a major record label. Then he had multiple songs because of that, that ended up on the Billboard uh, Hot 100. And then because of that, when he had a debut album, uh, it ended up actually going certified platinum, uh, which is very difficult for an independent artist because he had to basically promote it himself. There was no other people to promote it, right? He then sold out shows globally including countries, you know, like Australia and Portugal. And as of 2021, he had millions of followers across social media. All he did it all organically without any major label marketing. His music has garnered billions of streams across platforms like Spotify and Apple. He's known for directly engaging with his community on social media, and he has a very loyal following. He's maintained creative control over every aspect of his music, and he refuses to conform to industry norms. He's been successful in selling merchandise and creating other revenue streams that he controls. His music videos have amassed hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. And despite being independent, he has received nominations for prestigious, prestigious music awards. He published a book, It's All in Your Head. And of course, so that's yet another. So think about this as a creative. Okay, I'll, pull, I'll, I'll create something else different as well, right? And yet another revenue stream. He's collaborated with other big names in the industry. So it doesn't matter that, you know, independence... Uh, Sometimes people say if you're independent, you're isolated. And he's been very open about how he's earned so he can educate other artists and help them go independent so they can have more ownership over their path. 
And he emphasized that actually a lot. Owning your masters, which is a key to long-term financial success for your work. You want to own your work, not just solely give it away. Now, this is not the same as you you give away to get people to know more about your work. Um, that's different than giving it away to people who are making money off your work, okay? And so he's just successfully adapted to a lot of changes in the industry over time. And he constantly remains authentic to his vision and style. And that's the whole point why he said, listen... You've got to trust your taste and make what you like. There's an audience for every taste. And he, you know, to kind of top off him as a case study, the other night he uh, wrote something on Twitter that I want to share with you guys. He said, I sampled I See Fire by Ed Sheeran for my song, We Should All Burn Together, almost 10 years ago. It was the first song that ever that ever made any real money. I made $1,000 a month for three months. I felt like I was rich. Fast forward to last night, and I got to open for Ed in front of 80,000 people. And he brought me out to do Are You Entertained during his set. He said, I, um, I, I never thought, I'd, it, I don't know if I ever dreamed or saw this far ahead. I saw a debut album and selling out Staples Center, and that's about it. What I'm learning is how long life really is and how many possibilities there are when you don't stop dreaming and when you just keep going. After my set, we went up to the suites to watch his set. John Mayer was in the suite next to us. We talked and I got to thank him in person for all the advice he's given me over the years. What are the odds? He was sitting there in Santa Clara. As if the night couldn't get any more insane, Ed played Icy Fire and shouted me out and dedicated to my parents who were both uh, with me last night. Ed really doesn't get enough credit for being one of the greatest songwriters, but equally as important, this is just one of the most genuine and kind people I've ever met. So... It was very interesting, right? Like I, I kind of get chills when you think about it because what he was saying too is I believed in myself from the very beginning. I mean, he went many years of just believing in himself and this happens all the time, right? So he creates something nearly 10 years ago using a sample from an Ed Sheeran song and it just so happens that 10 years later, as in a few nights ago, Ed Sheeran sings that song and dedicates it to Russ. Do you see, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to trust your taste. You have to trust what you want to bring to this world. And why this is so important is because energetically, this is exactly what happens all the time. When you move yourself out of overanalyzing how others are doing it and you bring forth your soul and how you want to do something and people or things that inspire you, you'd be surprised at how eventually they end up becoming back around full circle in your world. Here's why you need to trust in your taste. Here's my take why you need to trust in your taste. I made a few points. One, it's part of your soul and life design. That right there should be enough. It's part of your soul and life design. You have to trust your taste. It's okay if it sucks in the beginning. <laughs> you know. And who's to say it does? Who is to say it does or doesn't? What I'm saying is if that's what you're worrying about, because it, you're, you're new, you're, you're, you have to, it's like you're molding and shaping the clay. Da Vinci did it. Michelangelo did it. You know, this artist, Russ, did it. Everybody is molding and shaping from the beginning, but it's the conviction of knowing, like, no, this feels like my path. So let me get into the details of it and mold and shape it. Number two, your authenticity has no expiration. People are actually waiting for it. And so are you. Number three, longevity. 
Trends come and go, but your uniqueness will always be relevant to you. Not to mention people like different. You create longevity. If you're worried about the failure aspect, there isn't failure. It's just signals of what to do next. And you hear me talk about this all the time. When you trust yourself that there's longevity in that, I'm telling you there is longevity in that. It's not a trend. So it doesn't end. Jobs, nine to five jobs, they can come and go. Even if you get a 20 year run, they can come and go. But your authenticity and bringing your trusting your taste and bringing something that you feel close to your soul, that's life. That's lifelong. And it even work, it even continues long after you're gone. Emotional integrity. Number four, emotional integrity. When you trust your own taste, you create from a place of emotional truth. This is a big one. Because you're willing to do something you feel is right for your soul versus solely selling it out when someone says, oh, let me extract your value and just pay you for that. And, you know, um, and you're like, well, if I if I stay true to this doesn't feel meaning that when something feels off or not right, you're willing to deal with it and and not necessarily give into it, but actually own your own path. Just like he could have easily sold out to the industry, Russ. Right. And he didn't. He knew that something seems off about the way that they do things. He was like, you know what? And that's everybody's own take. It's whatever you want it to be. But he knew something didn't seem right with the way that they were doing business or the way that they were just doing things in general. So he wanted to make sure to own his whole path and not necessarily sell it out. Right? Number five, personal satisfaction. Creating something that aligns with your own taste is intrinsically rewarding. The joy and fulfillment you derive from your work will sustain you through challenges. That's there's nothing truer than that because along the way you can doubt yourself because along the way you can feel like, well, where's this all really going? I mean, 10 years is a long time. I've been in it for a long time. So you can definitely, and then along the way you can, anything can happen. Things can happen with health, loss of life from friends and family, um, financial, all kinds of obstacles and challenges can happen. But it's something different when you're aligned with your soul and you're you're bringing your own work to this world. There's a different level of joy and fulfillment that you get from that work that pulls you through. Believe me, that like I'll never stop. I don't want to ever stop. Ever. Ever. But I'm tied to it in a different energy in my soul. So... And even when I've detoured a little bit, whether it was, you know, creating companies or building other people's brands or doing all kinds of things, there was still essence of my soul that needed to do these things that I could never stop. And that's why it's so easy to get right back on path, your path. Number six, loyalty, right? Here's why you need to trust your own taste, loyalty. A loyal audience will stick with you through various phases of your creative journey. You build an audience or a following or a fan base or your customers or whatever you want to call them, right? I call you guys like just basically an entire tribe and a community for your work because you're in your most authentic work. Yes, some people may come and some may go and then they may come back again. The door is open if you want to go either way. But for the most part, people offer loyalty, right? To those who trust their work. You, you, when you see people in their body of work and they keep doing it and they keep developing it, I would, I would assume that you guys trust me, you know, because it's like, wow, like this dude won't stop. And he wants to keep bringing more of this to the world and keep expanding himself. That's reliable. 
you may not like every decision or you may not like every episode. You may not like every piece of content or my books that are coming out. You may not, whatever, but that's okay too. That's, that's your right. But you, you know what to expect from me. Number seven, trusting your taste often means daring to be different. When you take risks, they lead to unexpected and remarkable outcomes that captivate your audience. So remember, Russ had said this, you know, the, the part where he's like, 10 years ago, he, he sampled a song from Ed Sheeran. And then 10 years later, Ed Sheeran is is uh, singing that song on stage and dedicating that to Russ's parents, Russ and his parents. I mean, could you imagine like just the full circle moment in something like that? Right. So I just I thought that was incredible uh, as, a, as a great example of exactly what happens when you trust yourself to be different. You got to give yourself time to watch how that plays out and don't just go off of six months you gotta go off of you know several years number eight easier decision making when you trust your own taste you don't second guess every decision based on what you think others will like this makes the creative process more fluid and enjoyable leading to a more cohesive final product amen 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 i'm telling you because you're in the details i've used the whole analogy of when you're in your own metaphorical garage working on the Ferrari that's all in pieces, but you're in it. You're in the garage. You're working under the hood. You're working on the engine, the carburetor, the tires, the shocks, the mounts, like you're working on everything. So you're in it. So you, you're not second guessing anything because you're in it. You're doing it. Decision-making becomes much easier. Do you need this? No, actually I need this instead of this. Well, how do you know? Well, I've been doing this and this, and I know that that's what it's going to need. Decision-making is so much easier when you own your process, when you're constantly delegating out your creativity or the processes and you're not really in it, it makes it harder to really know what's going on or what you really need. You got to do the work. Number nine, attracts other like-minded creatives and collaborators. Your unique style will attract other artists, professionals who resonate with your vision and collaborative efforts are more likely to be successful because everyone is aligned in their tastes and goals, right? So you can see what happened. Look what happened with Russ. Again, I, I thought he was just such a great case study because it's like 10 years ago, he sampled a song from an artist who's very well known. 10 years later, they're, you know, they're collaborating. This is how things work. It's energy. It's soul path. It's alignment. And other people... What, like can relate to that other people who see how you're doing things and out there putting your work out there or your taste on things they can they respect that i've always said like whether it's creatives or artists or entrepreneurs anybody that's in the arena getting their ass probably kicked at times but no but in the arena just doing the work they recognize you when they see you doing the work they go oh yeah i've been there oh you're at that season oh okay yeah no i know what that's like or oh wow like i like how you did that I respect you. There's a lot of mutual respect from people who do the work. And I'm not, this, by the way, this has nothing to do with fame. Forget fame. Fame is silly anyways in a lot of ways. I'm talking about just people, whether you're in the health and wellness industry, or maybe you're uh, in the real estate industry, or maybe you're in music or art, painting, writing, whatever. You all, I, I come across a lot of writers who are like, yo, I, I really like what you're, what you're putting out. And I'll say, wow, I just saw your stuff. This is incredible. We're all, you know, finding ways to help each other, support each other, promote each other, collaborate, if it even makes sense. 
And the final reason for trusting your own taste is because it builds you. It builds your confidence. Every time you trust yourself, every time you trust your taste and it resonates with others, it reinforces your self-belief. It's going to increase your confidence. Uh, it's going to empower you to tackle even bigger projects and reach for even more expansion within your or bigger goals within your work. It's a constant self-confidence builder. It, it, how can it not be? It's just automatic. Trusting yourself is a practice. It's and you've got to continuously and consistently do it over and over and over again. Yes, your stuff may not always resonate with everybody, but as it does, certain parts of it will show you like, wow, you know, people are getting it. And by the way, you got to like you before anybody else likes you, because there's plenty of times I'll put stuff out that it might be like crickets. <laughs> I mean, I know that I bat close to a thousand, if you will, like on, on my stuff, because I love my stuff. But listen, sometimes it resonates with thousands. Sometimes it resonates with hundreds. All good. I'm doing it for me. I love doing what I'm doing and you should too. And the more I keep doing it, the the stronger the creativity gets, the stronger the output. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm also have a whole kind of creator studio, which I'm going to be launching and telling you guys about here soon. But, uh, you know, but the, the point being is that the output is stronger than ever and I love it. So it builds your self-confidence. Trust your taste Make what you like. There's an audience for every taste. And the fuller quote from Russ was, trust your taste. Not everyone is going to appreciate it, but that's okay. Make what you like. There's an audience for every taste. The size of the audience varies, but it's an audience nevertheless. And do it because, for this is now for me saying this, do it because your soul has to fulfill its calling. I appreciate you. I love you guys. Thank you for always tuning in every single week. Please leave a written review on Apple as it helps expand the awareness of the show. And, you know, thank you for all of the love and support that you guys continue to give. If you want to join my texting community, if you're in the U.S., unfortunately, it hasn't gone outside the U.S. yet. The phone number is 480-530-7352. It is in the show notes. You'll be able to find it there. You can always just click on it right there in the show notes. Uh, whatever platform you're listening on, it'll be right there. You click that button. Boom, it'll automatically uh, auto-populate and then send you a second link for you to submit your details. But I would love to have you on the texting community, text all week long, uh, not not intrusively, <laughs> in a very good, healthy way, maybe about two, three texts a week. I appreciate you guys. Thank you always. And until next episode, I'm out. All right, that's it. We'll stop there for right now. I hope you found this helpful and applicable in some way. I want you to remember, you do not need to fit in. And you certainly do not need to fit into some category or title nor be put into some box. The niche is you. It always has been. Please share this with a friend and be sure to leave a rating and review. Your feedback means everything to me. And also, thank you for listening and supporting me. If you're new and you want to receive these the moment they come out, please text me 480-530-7352. Text me podcast. I promise to only send you the good stuff. Thank you. And until next time, I'm out.